and the people who are here on time are here on time. Okay, before we go back to the Ben uh, Amachavero issue, which not coincidentally landed in Aseris Mechuva, I want to show you something I promised for Inyan uh, Diema. Just goes to show you I don't blame the person who sent this. But uh, every, every twist on Yantiv has some shtadi, uh, new uh, Einfall patent, as they say in modern Hebrew. So this is a honeycomb, not the cereal, the real thing. So fascinating, the niflis are very here. And uh, you'll take a look at it afterwards. I even have a loop downstairs if you want to see all the bee parts and insects parts inside, uh, which is what makes it interesting. There's no splendor. There's no splendor. <laughs> No splendor meaning. Oh, here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we have some extra. Uh, during the week, it's mutter. What, I was amazed. Somebody walked into my house with this and showed it to me. thought it was a fascinating gift. I said, it's very original. The only problem is that it's a shtickle if neither because anybody getting this before Yantav will put it on the table and then we'll extract the honey. And the Gemara says, it's an iser mafarik, at least midu abonim. So you can't take out the honey. He'll say, well, I'll take out the honey. Look at this. It oozes out of the bottom. It's got to smell this. Mama tastes like little honey. Uh, and then uh, I told him the only problem with that is is this dualbonum of Mashkin Shazovu, and like when fruits ooze out, it's an exam dualbonum, unless you'll come to pick it in that case, or be Mafari, squeeze it out in this case, and there's still also dualbonum. So whatever was out before Yantiv is okay, but whatever gets squeezed out as it sits there is a problem in it's a dualbonum. So that's issue number one. And then instinctively, only because I spoke about this, I, I've seen some um, companies that wanted to uh, have a hechsher on the unfiltered honey, which they do give a hechsher on the shailiz, how, how well naturally the, the bee part floats to the top, and then they skim off the top. So you get rid of most of it, but what happens you see these black things in there? Sometimes it's dirt, often it's not. I have a loop in my stender. Uh, you can, uh, I'll leave it to anybody who wants to take a look. You look inside each individual honeycomb over here without getting myself too sticky. And uh, not surprisingly, um, besides the unbelievable Niflis Aberi, you see that the bees, the bees drop their things in here. There's all sorts of activities. And then when the honey is filled up, they send it for processing or they sell it as a novelty. And uh, there are bee parts in here. Now, those who don't squeeze it out I wouldn't put it past anybody just like sucking on it, taking a bite into it, which could get problematic. So the whole shear is not on this. I just want to walk you through two marmachemists. Are these little black things, these bee legs and these bee wings, are they mutter or usr? So believe it or not, Tesis and Avarazar and Samartes says, Beferish and the Rosh agrees, that bee legs and the Rosh adds bee wings are mutter, it's like eitz ba'amah. It's not really a part of the thing, and it's, it's mutter actually to eat. So uh, the big di- if it's less than, if it's bottle? Well, if it's bottle, it's bottle, but you can clearly see it. I, I only need, you can like, take anything you have to see through a loop doesn't exist, I'll I can see with my own eyes. I just, if you want to use loop, you can clarify what you're looking at. It's pretty close looking. Do uh, these legs get amputated? Yeah, they fall off all the time. This, this, this is talked about in the Pesach. I'll show you in Shukhanah. They talk, they, they, whenever they talk about honey, they're talking about bees' legs. They fall off bees' legs, bees' wings. These are fragile creatures. and you know, they, the uh, <laughs> Only if you're a doctor and you're not used to seeing difficult things. Which Did you go to medical that. school? <laughs> okay, well, I didn't ask you. That's what I'm saying. You can squeeze out the honey. There's no problem. The chiddush the cooler that everybody's masking to, when you process honey, you heat it. Sometimes above Yatzolah, there's below Yatzolah, the shayla is... Is that not an iser of aim of Atlantis Chatchila? 
So if you hold the B parts are usher, the B legs, then you'd have a problem about the Nesachal Chil. The Prima God deals with it. And he says if you can process it by doing it below Yatzaled, this, maybe they do that all the time now, that would be beneficial. If you can't, the only way to make honey is by doing this, by heating it up and by filtering it afterwards. So then that's considered to be the evidence. There's no other way to do it. And therefore it's mutter. The Russian faces holds mutter on the B legs anyway because you're allowed to eat the B legs and the wings. But there are probably B parts in here also. It's very hard to tell what is what in here, because they're all very small, but they're, they're visible. And if there are actual B parts, so then if you filter them out, it's okay. What happens if, during the cooking process, there were no sintam into the thing? And that's how you make honey. So why is any honey mutter? Gamari asks why honey is mutter. It's from a, a trefa insect. But Gamari answers that it's because it has a kusuf, and it's not really the pasuk. It's the fact that they don't, doesn't, it's not yet similar to They're just transferring agents, the UPS, to deliver from one place to the other. But if you cook it and the bee parts are in there, Lachari, you just uh, took the tom from the bee parts, and now you're a problem. So everybody's masking you don't have a problem. The question is why. So again, for the bee legs and the bee wings, the rush and tesis hold the mutter The Rashba says it's not mutter because it's eight ba'ama, which is the lotion of tesis, and the lotion of the It's because novel idea, anything that goes to the honey, that sits in honey, becomes the chalik of the honey. Halakhically, scientifically, scientifically, halakhically, whatever they're getting at, but that's what the Rashba says. There's a big machalik of Rashba says it is. Rashba says, no. Taisa and the Rashba say it's pachlal, not also in the first place, even out of the honey. Even if you took it out, you can eat it. Rashba says, no, because it sat in the honey, even if it sounds like you can still see something, because you can't see it at the bottle anyway, he says it becomes honey. I would need three hours to elaborate on what that means, but there's a debate in the Paiskim whether or not we pass like the second kula. The first kula, which I'll show you, um, I'll you actually, I won't try to make a copy, it's uh, two lines. It's in Hilchas Dvar Mayetzim and Achai, Semen Pei Aleph and Yeredea, Sif Ches, Dvash Dvar Mutter, Afa Pisha Gufei HaDvar Muravim Boy. The Gufei HaDvar doesn't only mean the legs and the wings, it means big parts also. It's very sticky. The bees are all over this thing, and they can imagine that they're, they're die and they're dismembered, and there are things floating around there. And when you get the honey out, uh, this filtering and this filtering. The honey we get today, the filtered stuff, the processed stuff is pure. You can hold it to a light. There's nothing in there. I've seen unprocessed honey, and it's full of interesting things floating around. Yeah. The, the bees are mostly stuck in there when they take it out. They don't get stuck there. It's when, when they have to get these things. It's the humans. It's the humans. When, okay. Yeah, yeah. Humans usually yeah. cause most of the problem in society right. in general. Yeah. But okay, but Levisa, they're stuck there. So, uh, so yeah, they tell you the thing. Okay. Blame on the humans. Everyone, no. no they, <laughs> they, 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 problem is, this is over here. So, so again, it's one machaber. And everybody's clear on where it's mutter. Dvash dvaram mutter, afapisha gufe dvaram. What they do, how they process it. They heat it up. And they're heating it up. Sounds like way above with these B parts. It's still mutter. Why? So if they're only legs and wings, the rush and taste it all this mutter and the rush but holds mutter for a different reason. Sounds like he's talking about gufe, the actual body parts thereof of the bee. And that's not tasis or the rush. So why is it mutter? Answer is because then they're going to filter it out, but it's nice in time. So why is that mutter? Not, not necessarily shisha, maybe, maybe not. That's not the reason. It's mutter for a different reason. Mutter mishum dehavi nice in time of gam. In general, insects, including bees, are disgusting to most human beings, except for China. We had a share on that once. 
I can't figure out until I ask somebody historically what happened. What Rashi says in Fumish, Hashem gives us schar for not eating insects, even though nobody in the right mind wants to eat them anyway because they're disgusting. And in the Far East, you go in the Shuk there, and they have lollipops with scorpions and with uh, cockroaches and all sorts of uh, interesting things on it. Uh, yeah, they also did. And they, uh, it was that clip was sent, it was by a tourist, it was by, and it was being offered, everybody was hawking their wares. So I couldn't understand. Well, they, they, right, we're talking about humans. Rashi says humans detest insects, and Tara gives a schar by answering it, even though they wouldn't have eaten it anyway. So then told, somebody told me there was a great famine in China, and they were starving Nebuch, and they ate everything that didn't crawl away, and then many things that did crawl away. And they got used to it and became part of the cuisine. Whether that's historically correct or not, I have no idea. Yaakov, I think you, you told me that. This well, is uh, from five, guy, six years ago. Guide, uh, 78th generation from Confucius told me that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's Beferish. Okay. So, um... So the sack of the Machaber is mutter because any time that goes in from the bees is disgusting, it's less than tal of gum, and therefore it doesn't oster the honey. That's the heter for the purified clear stuff. Question is, if you have unfiltered honey and there's still things in it, what's the din? Is it clear we pass lactasis that at least the legs and the wings would be mutter? Or do we hold maybe even the body parts, maybe like the rashba, or none of the above, and you should filter it more? The Pichadr suggests at least for the actual bee body parts, you should filter it and take the high road. So, if you ever eat this, they, my kids saw this, they wanted to take a bite out of it. It really looks, it smells good, looks good, they have a sweet tooth. I wouldn't do that so quickly. Maybe squeeze out the honey on a weekday, and then you can enjoy it for the next Rosh Hashanah. Anybody who wants to look at it afterwards can take a peek. Let's go on to the Kibbutz of Aim. What? Well, the problem is Mafarik Midwal Bonon and Mashkin Shazovu on Shabbos on Rosh Hashanah. During the week, it's fine if you just avoid the. You just uh, squeeze out. There's honey already dripping in the bottom over here, and it uh, it smells like it. So, um, so yes, that's a whole separate schmooze. How much do we? We have a lot of food coloring agents and things like that that are used. And Mike and Ike's get a bad press. Some say they deserve it. Some say they don't. And the whole Shaila, whether or not. Uh, I remember once, uh, ten years ago, my kid wanted. Uh, one of my kids, I won't mention which one, I got in trouble already last time because he figured out who I was talking about. I haven't, still haven't heard the end of that. Uh, but uh, one of my children asked me a long time ago, are, are we uh, like a Mike and I type family? So I said, uh, I, I thought I understood what he was asking. I said, you mean like the Kashmir's concern? He said, yeah. I said, there's so much nosh and junk. We got like seven olives worth in any kosher. You don't need Mike and Ike's. There are many other good uh, jelly beans and stuff like that. And... Uh, so, it's not, uh, I'm not saying it's also a mutter. Maybe you can be machmer, Mike and Ike's during a series of mechuva. That, <laughs> that would probably be good for the Jews. But uh, it is a shayla, there are kilim. It's a whole different schmooze. The shayla, whether or not, how much the sashtana, and is that yetzim, it's a secretion, is it perish? Ramosha has a true, Ramosha actually has a kula on that. Uh, but there's a shayla, and there are quite a few interesting things, crushed beetles and the like, in your uh, food. Um, that you probably don't want to know about now, and the doctor here can't handle any of this stuff, so I don't know how you graduated. Uh, so, uh, yes, okay. In regards to uh, what the Rav said at the end, that you can eat them because they're considered... Uh, the Taisus and the Rosh say that. The legs and the wings, they don't say that about the actual body. The Rashbas are might apply to the actual body, right, if we're so sitting in the honey. So why is there a uh, differentiation between the, the wings and the... Uh, you can hear such a thing. Uh, the legs are just like eight bomber. They don't have any taste. Taisus says it about bones. That's the whole. This Taisus is the whole gelatin, Shaila. So, Taisus says he compares it to the bones, which he says are mutter. And the Mekhilim about gelatin, 
said, Taisa said it's mutter already, and others say, no, he didn't say it's mutter. He said, <coughs> well, it's, uh, I would need a couple hours. The reason I was asking, because a number of years ago, there was the issue of the bugs in the no, so it wouldn't ask the water if you heated the water and you no longer saw the bug. But to eat, eat the actual bug would be like eating the actual bee. Schrotzen, even tiny gnats, are still also we don't say it eats Bahama. Uh-huh. Tasis had some cooler that the leg of the if you had the leg of the mosquito. Uh-huh. So you know what the, it's a chiddush. Rashba didn't hold it as chiddush. He had a different cooler, but uh, but it is it is interesting. Like once the bug is disgusting, it's made of very thin. Like, what's this thing, the wing and the... Uh, the rush says the wing. Tasis talks about the legs. So, um, so I mean, Chaluk, my guess, is more mamashas um, to the actual thing. With a bee, you can hear that. With a gnat, it's very hard to dissect it and figure out what's what. But, uh, okay. We began last week the very emotional and difficult topic of um, not listening to parents when they're asking you to do something wrong, or where they're stopping your spiritual growth and trying to ask you not to do certain things, but we'll have to get into examples later on, which minhagim is you are allowed to keep above their objections and which ones you're not. Uh, as a uh, part two of the sugya, we're going to try to break it up and treat one at a time as they're both large. The same area in Shulchan Aruch is if the parents generally aren't with the program Nebuch and their Rishayim and their Lahachis, then there's no chiv mechabedim at all, even if you're, asking, you're being asked to get a cup of orange juice or something like that. The two different parts. We're going to discuss the part where they're from, and they're asking you to uh, either not do something you should be doing for your Ruchnius, or something that's blatantly wrong, and they have this chaloim that it's not Osir, or this is one category they're not Makbed on, and this does come up, unfortunately, once in a while. And we're going to start tonight with the copy you have in front of you. There's one page in the Shmir Saloshan where he talks about the Isser and terrible collateral damage of Machlekes. Machlekes is Usser by itself, and it leads to Loshanhar, Matsushemra, Kaas, and all sorts of other things. And as we saw last week, the Shokhanah says clearly if the father asks the child to perpetuate a Machlekes he's having with somebody because he doesn't like the guy. And he tells the son, not now, not after I'm out here, and don't ever make up with him, and don't uh, say hello in the street. Machabah says, under regular circumstances, it's also to listen, because as we started discussing over Rosh Hashanah, which will continue Mitzvah Shem, and you can't be over an Isser, and an Isser, and all the other Isserim that it brings. There will be exceptions, Exceptions are going to run along the lines of when a father was really baveled and the person never asked mechila, and it's not because it's the parents to be all friendly with the guy when he did a horrible thing to your parents. And there are going to be many gray areas in between because everybody always thinks it was the most horrible thing and how can you do that now? Why should I make shalom? So we're going to have to uh, document a couple of cases in the tshuvas. Right now, the Chavaz Chaim is going to be telling us very clearly that most of the time, you cannot join this machlekes, even though that's a natural thing that a child will want to do, or that a relative will want to do, and uh, get involved in the family feud uh, within the family, or the parents against a non-family member. It's more geschmack when it's in the family than the parents already taking sides against another. Uh, I say that facetiously, and the parents want you to join, expect you to join, or 
really horrible situation where the father is having a feud with his wife, who is your mother, and they want you to take sides. There's a lose-lose situation. You don't need a machaber for that, because why should you take sides? The question is, what happens if you can end the machlekes? We're going to get to that as well. Let's see page one, Sorry. the second paragraph. Yes? According to what the Rabbi is saying on Rosh Hashanah, it seems like you're not supposed to, to, to have hatred. The parents are not supposed to, but if they are, now they ask you to get involved, since Pashid, you can't get involved. But, right, Th- that's what the Machab is saying. But the Rav said that there are instances where you would... And I'm going to say that here also. <laughs> so we're going to... It seemed much of Rosh Hashanah, there was no heta to, to have uh, mm, sinner. We'll see. I, I didn't finish that shir yet. You have to oh, wait. We're going to yeah. continue over Chalamay, Tzukas, Hashanah, Rabbah, and, uh, and Yantif. Right. So uh, we're going we're to repeat some of it over here, because it's Nagea. Afilu. Everybody got it? First paragraph. The person involved in the is your relative. Or your mother. Be very careful. You think you're giving him covered by joining him and continuing the Machlekes. It's usher, even though you meant well. And you look at the footnote, the asterisk in the bottom. This is a chiddush. Even if you see the situation and you think he's right. should remain silent. Why? He's right. Why not help him out? The Mavad says, You shouldn't get involved. Why get more embroiled in the Chances are you can't help that much, and he's fighting anyway. This is pretty much uh, an accurate portrayal of the human condition. You decided your father's right. Well, maybe you decide your father's right because he's your father. And you can't see straight to what's going on because you're Meshuchud and you're Nagei It's a strong possibility. So it's your close relative. It's a parent, so you're not going to see any chayv for him. So of course you agree with him. It doesn't mean you're accurate. And the Chavaz Chaim says, and even if you are accurate, it doesn't mean you should be getting involved. Isn't it a mitzvah to think he's right? It's a mitzvah to think he's from the G'day Adar in certain areas, as we saw in the Chayadon. And mitzvah to think he's mamish choshev and incredible and multi-talented. But if he's fighting with somebody, Chavaz Chaim says, you can't get involved if he's wrong, and you can't even get involved if you think he's right, because maybe you think he's right because you're so good at keeping up aim, you always think he's right. But that still doesn't mean you should get involved. Like you, you can think he's right as the mitzvah of thinking he's right without getting involved. That's what he's suggesting, but he's suggesting more. He says, you really have a Yetzirah or Yetzirah to get involved when you think he's right because you want to help him. So Chavaz Chaim says, maybe you're not seeing it correctly. There, there is a chance. You might be Nagei so, uh, And you're pointing out the good thing. Be Nagei B'davr, always think your parents are right. Okay, that's, that's, that's a point well taken. Uh, uh, still not a reason necessarily to get involved. Yes? But the fact that it's not locus, shouldn't that be a reason that you're not supposed to hate somebody in your heart and therefore he shouldn't, he should, even if his father's right, there's no reason to be involved because it doesn't... Yeah, you're, uh, you're a big uh, Chinuch fan, I see. You like the... That's the Rishon we got to in Rosh Hashanah. Yes, the, the Chinuch holds no exceptions, but there are Rishonim who say, we didn't see it inside yet, that if a person is really bothered, the guy didn't apologize, you have a right to have tennis. So now, if he had a right, Chavos Chaim, by the way, Lushitosa, happens to pass on the form many passes like the Chinuch, that you have no right. But even if you had a right, and even if it's natural, he's your father, and very not covetic to your father is in the middle of a fight. He's going to ask you, well, this guy did this to me. Oh, this is not horrible, terrible. So you're not going to say, yeah, dad, I really, 
should uh, really take care of this and I'm right behind you. So you should say, I'm sorry you're going through this and stay out of it, which is easier said than done, understandably. Now, if you work for him in the firm and he's in a lawsuit with somebody and they're going to a dentator, as they should be doing, and you work in the office and they ask you to come into the dentator and present the facts and argue the arguments, then you should. He needs your help. You're in the business. He's your, it's your father. Why not? That happens. But the flip side of that could be he, you're in the business and he's having a fight with somebody and you're in charge of the books and he's wrong. So now what? So if you work in a firm and the boss is not your father and he's wrong, it's hard to say something if you're in charge of the books, let alone when he's your father. But then, it's a child of Avon, B, you're getting involved in the Chalikas and you're not even convinced he's right the issue. That's certainly going to be a problem. Let's go back up top to the asterisk. If your father commands you directly to show support. Which we saw some Reish Mem Siftes Vov. So we can't ask you to do an Avera and get involved in Machlekes. Kolshe came ba'oven chamer shamachlekes, which is one of the worst Averas, at least the many other Averas, and it's also itself. Kemoshim etzinu, but Bnei Kerech shal anipshcha acharvian. The right here is very amazing. You all remember Bnei Kerech? Bnei Kerech was saved at the last moment. They originally were behind Kerech. They were sons, and they were great people, and they were smart people, and at the last moment, literally the last moment, the ground was opening up, but they felt like a falling in, the way Chazal described it, and Hashem made a Pesach for them, like right below, but not very far down, so they were able to climb out. And they end up having Deri Deris of Choshev Levim, and their descendants are mentioned in Divri Ayam. Had to get out of that mess. Naturally, they joined their father and uh, they start up a Moshe Rabbeinu. Where was the Siat Shmaya they got out of this? So he's going to quote a very fascinating Medrash. When they turned on him, it was a Bizayin. You say, well, they never turned on him. They sort of got swallowed up and then they just climbed out. But that's not entirely true. He's going to quote where they already showed that it wasn't so Pasha to them. Al came because they were willing even to be their father. They weren't willing to do that, but they stood up for what's right. Literally and figuratively, you'll see in a moment. Listen to this Yalkut. They warned them to get away. They're about to be swallowed up. The 250 Sanhedrin with the frying pans all got fried and burnt. And the Pasuk, when they were picking them up afterwards, called them Chatayim. So they called Rosham and Chatayim. Very clear that you're not allowed to take this side. So I had to get saved at the last minute. Whenever a person ends up getting saved, there's some schus that got them to see the to get out of the mess. What was it? Listen to this story. They were sitting at the headquarters with Karach planning this rebellion as it was in process. And Moshe Rabbeinu was such an honor of, he called them and they didn't come. He called Dots of Avim and they didn't come. So Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to them, said, you know, I've got to put out this machlek and I'll go to them. Which was uh, very big of him, to say the least. 
and he comes in to see Kerech. Now what do they do? They're sitting at the table, picture, I don't want to be Kerech, but that's of it. Picture, I'm Ben Kerech, and Kerech is sitting here, we're seated at the table, planning, and they see Moshe Ben is walking in. Now what? So what do you do when Moshe Ben walks in the room normally? What has your experience been? You uh, jump to attention. If you're, uh, if you know who Moshe Rabbeinu is. He's Robin Shah Yisrael, he's their Rebbe, he's the God of the he's not their Rebbe. And they know what to do, so they saw him coming, they started looking down, and they started thinking, uh-oh, we have a big problem here. Amru, next page. If we stand up, our father's be very upset, he's designed to our father, we're recognizing Moshe Rabbeinu as the leader, that means our father is wrong. There are no possibilities here in the middle. Terech, was making the charge, which was Apikursus, that Moshe Rabbeinu made some of this up. So that means he's not the God of And Moshe Rabbeinu is maintaining, as was the Amis, that I make anything up, I'm not interested in this job, and it's all from Kosh Baruch Hu, and your father's an Apikursus. And if you don't stop this, everything's going to be swallowed up. So, interesting. So according to the father's version, they don't have to stand up for Moshe Rabbeinu. According to Moshe Rabbeinu, they should be standing up, and if the Mavaz of the Father, the Father Russia, and even the Mechaber, who we didn't see yet, who passes like the Ramam, they have to Mechaber, the Father's a Russia, but not if he's not precarious. So, they have a big problem now. And you'll say, what's the problem? Is it obvious? The answer is, it wasn't obvious. Yet, to them, is it was obvious, they wouldn't be sitting with Kerach. They'd be on the other side. But now, they started thinking about it. Moshe Rabbeinu now walks in, they're struck with some Yerushalayim, what, what do we do now? They came to the decision quickly. Better we should stand up. Now, before we read the next line, how did they come to that decision? If they didn't know, the father was claiming up to stand up for Moshe Rabbeinu. So, either because deep down they knew the embassy because they were at Har Sinai, and they just got rid of the covered and the jealousy for a moment and separated themselves for their father's campaign. Or, in a lumpish way, they weren't 100% convinced, but they knew there's a chazak and the Moshe Rabbeinu was the Gadol Adar, and their father wasn't. So even though the father's challenging in that, kan imsa kan hoya, and, you know, if you have two derises, we better just stand up for Moshe Rabbeinu. Because they weren't, it's pretty clear, they weren't convinced yet. So they were, they would have walked back out with Moshe Rabbeinu. But they stood up. Once they stood up, and that was a hard thing to do, and they were the father, and the father probably was not very happy. Then they already got the Ruach Tayyar and the Siat Deshmaya, that when it came to... 20 minutes later, or whenever it was, and the ground started opening up, that Hashem is going to save them, even though it's clear they weren't convinced yet because they wouldn't have even been swallowed up in the first place had they gone over to Moshe Rabbeinu already. So this is just discussing what was the Siat Yishmaya that got them to the point that they could finally be saved, which is what the Medrash concludes. They started doing Tshuva. You won't be caught in his net. And even though he's your father, and even though he's Kairach, and Kairach is very strong, very powerful, and very smart, and used to be very firm, and it's his father, and it's very enticing. They did the right thing, at least by standing up on Shabbat, even though they didn't go over to his side yet, that gave him the Siat to ultimately be saved. Mitzvah Shem will continue with this piece tomorrow.